Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Nerd Talk, Nerd Talk, talking about Nerd Talk, yeah! Welcome to Nerd Talk Plus, our weekly deeper dive into the stories that make this world nerdier. From Odyssey's Nerd Talk, I'm Gregor. He's been a managing editor at Editor. He's been a herbivore at Odyssey before. Now he's just a guy making jokes on Twitter. He's Brandon from the Plant Universe, and he does this for free. I thought you were going to say that I've been a managing Jennifer. He's been a managing Jennifer. <laughs> it sounds that sounds like you're Italian saying that I've been managing Jennifer. He's been a managing Jennifer. He's been a ma- he's been at the managing. Yeah, I heard a. Uh, I heard Monoskin covering, I don't know, some like maybe 90s or 2000s hip hop song. Yeah. And they were rapping it very fast in Italian. And I heard one of the lines and I was like, it sounds like, and then what the translation would be for the name of the very famous song. I don't know who it was or whatever, yeah. but like, and then my buddy was like, yeah, that's a translation of this song that's called this. And I was like, that's, that's what I said, right? And he was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. And oh, so like, I feel like, because you know Italian. I feel now. like I'm pretty amazing, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Because uh, you've been doing it on Duolingo for like ninety years, yeah, I'm uh, I'm almost six hundred days into it straight. So, good job. Yeah, thanks. Anyway, um, he he's Brandon. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Neither of us is a scientist, engineer, or supervillain. But if you are, let us know what we got wrong, or perhaps even what we get right. Also, if you could tell a friend, write a, v- a review if you're listening to this on demand. Or just holler at us with your answer to this episode's question of the week. Yeah, this episode's question of the week is, what's the biggest disappointment that you've ever experienced? Gregor will go first. <laughs> also, what other stuff could we be Airbnb-ing? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll start. <laughs> yeah. What's the biggest disappointment that you've ever experienced? Question of the week. (laughs) Well, um, Brandon, about two weeks ago, I got this wild idea that I wanted to see a rocket launch. And my wife got this even wilder idea where she was like, you should definitely spend our saved money to go do that thing. And then I said, are you serious? And she said, "Mm mm-hmm. And I said, all right. And so then I, uh, well, she probably did all the purchasing, everything got plane ticket and some hotel rooms and a rental car and then i got offered an upgrade on the rental car to be able to use a tesla that was pretty sweet i thought you were gonna be like now i get to drive a dodge i don't know durango instead of a ford taurus (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like there's a lot of mazdas these days anyway um So we got it all set up. I flew out on Friday night and um, this morning on the, we're recording this on 
full disclosure, we can't do this episode live today because um, I'm in a hotel room in Orlando. And yeah. so we're recording this on Monday where I have been to Kennedy Space Center on 21 minutes of sleep and stood around waiting for a rocket to launch. And so it's called the SLS. It's part of the Artemis program. And Artemis is going to be sending humans back to the moon. Ideally, they'll send the first person of color and the first woman to the moon also as well. But to start that, first, they got to get their SLS rocket both functioning and fire it off of the freaking planet, okay? It's the most powerful rocket that NASA's ever built. And I got to go to Cape Canaveral to be able to cover this. And I'm so grateful, and it's awesome. It's been like 50 years since humans last went to the... um, last went to the uh, moon and fun fact it was on pi day in 1973 that the saturn V, the rocket that previously carried us to the moon last uh launched now the thing is about these rockets is it's first of all i got a message from my buddy casey and he said don't buzz aldrin me but effectively isn't this kind of like corny that we haven't just been sending people this whole time and i was like i don't think you understand how far away the moon is. It like looks like it's right there, but it's a giant big ass planet. <laughs> it's I like mean, caught in our gravity. I mean like relative to other things in space, it kind of is just right there, right? Yeah, but like how many earths do you think are between us and the moon? And maybe you've seen the video I made about this and so you already know this, but like how much how big is the space between the earth and the moon? 7 Seven Earths. It's thirty. That's like twenty nine something. Yeah, that's a lot. So, if you drove from here to L A, like if you're in um, Seattle, for instance, and you drove from Seattle to L A, it would take you like twenty hours or something like that. That's driving at like an average of sixty five miles per hour or whatever. You got to get. First of all, you got to get, you know, some some absurd like the the Earth's diameter. If you could just drive straight through it, it's like seven thousand miles or something like that. So like that. That times 30? Yeah. And then divide it by feet? That's like wild how far that is. Now, On if I were to that, go from like LA, Seattle to LA, but in a massive rocket, it wouldn't take me very long. <laughs> True. Uh, one of the things that you'd have to overcome is gravity. Yeah. And gravity is kind of the central point between two items when they pull against one another. And the moon is much smaller than the Earth, even though still very giant. And so the center of gravity is much closer to the center of the Earth. And so to leave Earth, you have to fight against all of that gravity at one end, okay? And what it ends up being is that you need to go more than 17,000 miles per hour to do that while someone is pushing back on you to try and keep you from going anywhere. And so the feat of doing that is... Frankly, amazing. It took the Saturn V rocket, which is like a three-stage plus moon mission part, that was each section is full of fuel. And then when it runs out of fuel, first the main core section, rather than just sticking around, they dropped it off. So that way you weren't pulling all that weight of the empty tanks with you. And then they'd have another section and another section, right? And so that's the only way you put three humans into space on top of like more than half a million pounds of fuel. And so the ratio is just mind-bogglingly dumb. In this now economy, with gas prices what they are? <laughs> this is the 60s, bro. You could just light <laughs> gas on fire back then, That's I true. think. That's true. But also, they use liquid oxygen and um, nitrogen, helium? I can't remember which one it is, too. Uh, as a combination, they mix them together, and then when they combust, it like makes crazy, crazy force. Anyway, this is all covered by the Tsiolkovsky, uh rocket hack equation, where he was like, the more... 
stuff you want to shoot up, the more fuel you need. The more fuel you need, the heavier it is. So the more power you need, the more the power the power, you need more fuel. And it's like this never-ending cycle of like inefficiency. So we're here we are trying to shoot people back up there again and like, yeah, we can get people aboard a just normal rocket to a orbit that you would get to maybe the space station or something like that. And that's not nearly the same feat because that is like, you know, a third of an Earth away, if even that. But when you're talking about 30 Earths away, the amount of fuel and precision and you're talking about all while going over 17,000 miles per hour. Like if you were driving a 70 miles per hour and I was moving, you would have a hard time hitting me with your car because of having to calculate my movement and stuff. And so the the moon is in motion around the Earth, and you're going at an absurd speed that humans can't even estimate with anything that we know because we don't see anything going that fast. And you have to get there just right, let the moon catch you in its gravity, maybe do some burns to correct it, and then do some orbits there, and then burn again to come home. And it's like just an absurd, absurd amount. It's like very wasteful to do this, as you kind of pointed out. So, so here why, I am excited so why are it. we doing it? First of all, like, well, I mean, I remember, I remember when the former president was in office, he was like, we need to get, we need to be great again. And we need to, what right. the best time that we were great was when we were sending people to the moon. And it's like, okay, does that, is that like, is there a, uh, are we doing this because it's like a, we can do it type thing and we haven't done it in a long time. So should we, we should do it again. Or is like, is there like a scientific benefit to, to to doing this i mean like we have a space station like we can do science in space uh Mm -hmm. you know is there a benefit to to being on the moon again i would say what's the benefit more importantly because when they go to the moon this time around the artemis project is going to build a space station that orbits the moon so this first one um will just be a test and Mm -hmm. then Eventually, we'll get a space station going up there, so we'll fly people from Earth to the space station, which is an easier capture. Then you'll live aboard that, and you'll drop down to the moon surface and back up. Not like an elevator, but the same kind of idea. And so it'll make the processes a little bit easier, and also with some fail-safes, just in case something goes wrong, there's like a little more of a backup plan in place. Then the idea is that once you can do it at the moon, then you can do it at Mars, Venus, Europa, uh, Enceladus, uh, some places that we're more interested in checking out to see. Ikea, like Ikea, yeah, yeah just like yeah. just to put that space station right over Ikea and just drop on down <laughs> into the atmosphere and Dro- dropping down like Master Chief in a drop pod into the uh, living room section of Ikea. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, you get yourself that sectional that you've been looking for, and you're all set, right? So. Yeah, like the the idea of exploration has always been at the forefront of our ability to expand our information systems. Yeah. Now, the other thing is is that if we, you know, if the earth is being damaged by our own lust for stuff and one day becomes the next Venus, the like Venus is the hottest planet in the solar system, which I think is always so shocks hot. me, it's a little odd. But you'd think Mercury without an atmosphere right next to the moon, it's really, not the moon, the sun, it's really hard to get a craft there because it just catches fire and melts all the instruments and stuff. But no, Venus, which has gone through the greenhouse effect, trapping in um, UV rays that can't escape when they reflect off the surface and raising the temperature to something like 800 degrees Celsius, or 800 degrees, maybe even Celsius. Yeah, it's like 800 degrees a day there and nothing can last or survive that we know of. And so the more that we go check these things out, the more that we might understand our own doom, we might come up with solutions for where we can go, or we might understand how 
life works. Does, like right now, right now we don't even know how the brain works. Yeah. You know, we don't really know. We like have an idea that it goes pew pew pew, like yeah. between its like little receptor things. But like we don't really know. Does does burning a lot of uh, which is funny because like the thing that we use to process information is our brain, and our brain doesn't even know about itself. Yeah, uh, it's kind of wild. Um, but the uh, uh, idea that um, we're going to burn a bunch of rocket fuel in our atmosphere in order to go figure out if we can go live on another planet that's already been destroyed by all of the rocket fuel that's probably been burned in its atmosphere. Like, they're going to land or, like, orbit Venus and take a big, like, a big old captain's telescope and point it down at the at the, <laughs> at the the surface, and there's just going to be, like, some guy, like, some skeleton with thumbs up being like, don't do what we did, and then they're going to look back at the thumbs Earth and down. be like, oh, crap. <laughs> thumbs down, <laughs> not thumbs up. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, but so I, I know I, I, this is where my inability to argue things becomes challenging because I don't really know what the logical steps are here because you'd think that a certain amount of loss is going to be responsible for a great amount of gain. And then it becomes like an ethics question of like what's considered okay loss and what's considered not okay. And so burning a couple rockets in the um, in the atmosphere in order to expand our ability to live off the planet we're already destroying with rockets, that could be a better benefit than it is. And I just am not the person. Ethics are not my thing. I'm very unethical. So, <laughs> so I mean, all of this is to say is that you got to go down for the launch, right? You got to go yeah, down so, to Orlando to see this thing take out this test rocket, go to the moon in order to see if we can. Do we still have our mojo as a species to do this? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rips, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, so NASA does developed this, um, this new rocket. And what they did is they took the old Saturn V that took the Apollo missions up to the moon. And they were like, well, let's do like a multi-stage rocket like that where parts come off of it as it gets higher so that way it becomes lighter. But then let's also make it look like the space shuttle program and paint it orange. Yeah, sick. 
But then let's not use a space plane. Boo. Like the Space Needle program. (laughs) Like the Space Needle program. But let's instead use a capsule like the Apollo missions. It's called Orion. This one's a four-seater, I think. Um, And they put that sucker at the top there. And so, But then they took these solid rocket boosters from the sides of the the space shuttle program and hooked those suckers up to the big orange tank. And so now you have a combination of the two biggest technologies we've used for space travel, and they're trying to make it able to be even more successful from that. So what will happen is all of the engines will ignite, including the solid rocket boosters. Then those are like fireworks. You can't switch them off when they're on. They just burn, and when they're out, they just drop off and fall into the ocean, and then NASA recovers them. That's um, that's wasteful, again, I think, to be using something like that. The orange tank, I don't believe, is going to it's going to be reusable, but again, they're going to have to go fish it out before it falls to the bottom of the ocean. Make a pretty cool shell for a hermit crab, though. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> um, just a massive, massive hermit crab. Now, this kind of this rocket, just real quick, kind of sounds like um, like somebody took all of the like you have the Saturn V Lego set. I'm pretty yeah, sure, right? I it do. sounds like somebody had the Saturn V Lego set, and then they also had like the Apollo mission Lego set, and then they also had like the space shuttle uh, Lego set, and then they were like, "What if?" And then they started grabbing pieces of all of these started things, and banging them, them into together. each other like they were humping. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's make baby rockets. Ooh, girl. <laughs> they Gross. put them. They put them all together to see if it would work, and then they're like, "Yeah, let's see if this goes to space." Look, it has your rocket cones. Oh. <laughs> That's true. It's actually I mean, using it's kind the, of what it sounds like. It's actually using the um, same exact rockets as the or the same engines off of the space shuttle made by Aerojet Rocketdyne. Forget the name of them. It's Googleable, but it's like um, they're using those to attach to the bottom of it to take the fuel from the big orange tank and blast them up there. And then the solid rocket boosters, also an idea used from the space shuttle, but then the main super tank Saturn V. Anyway, it's wow. it's an amazing sounding program. It looks super cool. And finally, they get it set up. They roll it out to the launch pad. On Friday, I show up, and it's like Saturday morning. They're like, lightning has struck the launch pad. Okay, well, that might be a problem. And I'm like, great. And um, the thing about Florida is that it really does change weather from like, we might die to I might melt in like <laughs> an hour. Like, it's, it really is truly terrible, just for the record. Like, it's the, it is not comfortable here at all. But it is pretty badass to be around all these rockets, right? And so they're having all these problems. They have a computer problem that they fixed. They have a leak of some hydrogen or something like that. They get that fixed. And then they they go for launch as of like the wee hours of the morning this morning. And I so I left my house or my my hotel at 1.30 this morning so I could go charge the dumb car because who knows how long I was going to sit in traffic. Would not recommend. Um, fell asleep at the charger. Solid. <laughs> in a, in a Target parking lot <laughs> with a bunch of other creeps charging their Teslas. <laughs> Again, a rental if you're just joining us. Um, an upgrade on a rental. And then I wake up. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so late. Because I, you know, instead of sleeping for zero minutes, I slept for 41 or something. Get driving. Sit in traffic 11 miles away. Sit in traffic for two and a half hours oh. before I get in. Something like that. Two and a quarter, two and a half. Wait, now, it's like, a, are all of these people going to the launch? Is like that kind of the idea? Is that it's such a, a spectacle, such a big deal that like it's like going to uh, yeah. a sporting event and there's only one way in or out? Yeah, it's like space NASCAR. It's yeah. like everyone's going to this thing. <laughs> space and no one's being cool. Yeah, no <laughs> one's being cool. But there is a lot of rubbing going on, so that's racing. <laughs> rubbing um, is racing. 
And so, yeah, a lot of people are going there, and it's it's like a whole thing. But like, still, compared to the number of people that can be at Kennedy Space Center, it's very small because they sell limited numbers and whatever. So, There's like one of we, the astronauts that's supposed to go up, and it's like honking at you from behind, like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> so um, they have jetpacks, so that wouldn't actually happen. Dude, when I pulled up, the <laughs> when I pulled up to the event the first time I was going over the bridge to the Cape. So the way it works is like Florida's like the limp limp wiener of America. And then there's like layers, like I guess kind of like the forest. Okay, this is a terrible analogy. But you have to go across little bridges to these strips of island and Cape Canaveral's on one of those strips. It's fascinating. Like all of it is all protected federal wildlife land. And so there's crazy like eagles and hawks and all kinds of wildlife just running around everywhere. I imagine they get cooked. But um, they get everything going, and then a few minutes into it, they're like, okay, well, on engine three, we're experiencing a bleed scenario where they they try and get the engines up to the super cold temperature because I, you ever sprayed like the um the like the spray stuff for your to get the dust out of your computer yeah, keys yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, how it comes out ultra cold. Right. It's the same thing that they're using this fuel that is super frozen so it can be contained as a liquid. You have to like, I, I don't get me, I might have this wrong. But then when it comes out, it comes out so cold that it'll freeze the engine bells. And if that happens, it can crack or break or whatever. And so what they do is they let a bunch of that fuel out of all the engines and it cools them down. Well, except for engine three, which wasn't venting correctly. So they tried the old thing where they close all the other ones. It's like when you have uh, your ears are popping on the airplane. They close all the other vents and they try and force the coolant out that way. Just plug your nostrils and yeah. blow out your ears, right? Um, doesn't work. And it was at that moment where I was like, oh, they've got like an engine problem. We're not going flying today. So travel almost as far across the continental U.S. as you can. Um, or the lower 48 or whatever they call it. Uh, spend a few days donking around or whatever and then when it's finally time for this thing to launch it's pretty clear it's not going to and about an hour later they call it no rocket launch today the next time they can launch is it on friday so so are are you hanging out in florida for five days or what so i call my wife and i'm like uh i'm like bummer it didn't happen super fun times though i got to hang out with siege from tropic sound um, which is a soccer supporting podcast. Uh, I mean, collective in um, in Florida, basically. And he is a dirtbag and taught me all about how terrible Florida is, and it's amazing. Did you know that, like, all that fan boat nonsense from from the Water Boy and stuff like that? That's all true. I saw like ten <laughs> uh, fan boats. Yeah, one I, of them. Not to get too political or whatever, yeah, but one yeah. of them on the back said Trump 2024. And I was like, wasn't that the guy that promised to drain the thing that you're going to drive that on? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I just find you to be not smart if that's maybe, the thing. Maybe he's like, well, then I wouldn't have to sit in traffic because the swamp would be empty and we'd be able to build more roads, as is the American way. Yeah, I'll just pay right over that alligator nest, or yeah. I assume they have nests. Nests, probably, uh, probably, right? yeah, yeah. Or like dojos or something like that. Yeah, it's probably a dojo. Dojo. Oh, dude, dude, alligator karate. Is there yeah. a? Uh, let's see. Is there it's probably a, judo? It's probably judo. <laughs> it's a uh, uh, croco lock and roll. <laughs> oh, I mean, I know crocodiles aren't alligators, but no, they are. They're basically the same. They're thing. basically dinosaurs. The same thing. Yeah, they're all dinosaurs. Hey, tangent, real quick. Yeah, 
I've um I've experienced both of the coasts, beaches beaches on both of the coasts now in two weeks time. Mm-hmm. I was on the Washington coast for a little family vacation, and then I like flew down to cover this thing for work. And I was like, hey, look at that! I've been on each coast, and in both places, I've seen a spectacle of a bird flying by where I was like, pelicans. Those are pterodactyls, dude, or probably pterodons because they don't have teeth. Yeah. Pteranodons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a pteranodon. It's got the goofy head, yeah. huge wingspan that I yeah. didn't know that they had crazy, crazy wingspan. I was taught by Siege that they can surf. I don't know. Whatever. It's like uh, they're kind of like those those bulldogs that can skateboard. Yeah, that's the, the only. I don't think they use a board. I think they just use their dumb bellies. Oh, or something dang. Like that. That'd be cool if they used the board, though. Absolutely. We should, he should teach him. I'm going to put that out in the universe, okay? And here's, so a, teach- and here's a penguin that can paddleboard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a grouse that can kayak. <laughs> Finally. Finally, the grouse is included in something. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, so um, they, um, they scrub this thing at 8.30 in the morning here. It's not even 6 o'clock yet on the West Coast. I'm doing my show live from Kennedy Space Center without permission. And um, so I called my wife afterwards, and I'm like, yeah, bummer, whatever. And she's like, well, you're going to stay, right? And I was like, you want me to leave you with our five-year-old <laughs> to fight and do all those things while I just dick around in Florida? Yeah, like, like what I are you going to do? It's not like you're I like... might invest in a fan boat company. I don't know. <laughs> don't leave me down here for too long. <laughs> I start talking like this, and then we get a fan, get them fan boat. Um, yeah, yeah. so... So Siege is our friend that's he's from Miami, but he came up for the rocket launch yeah. and stuff. And he I was like, Hey, if I end up staying, can we go ride on a fan boat? And he was like, You're goddamn right we can. Because it's like five miles outside of Orlando. Yeah. It's it's not like you go to the like wacky deep Florida Floridian South or something no, like I'm that. It's just of, right there. I'm actually kind of surprised your rental car upgrade wasn't a fan boat, to be honest. Can you imagine how awesome that would be? Except for the Space Force would show up and be like, you can't come on the Space Force property, son. And I'd be like, I'm older than you. <laughs> so anyway, they're going to try again on Friday at noon. Yeah. And it's my father-in-law's birthday this coming weekend. And I don't want to miss that. It's my kid's last day of preschool on Thursday. I don't want to miss that. But my wife is like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't want to be a bad dad and husband and all that stuff. And she was like... I just feel guilty about being selfish. And she's like, this is literally my idea. I'm telling you to do it. You're selfish if you don't. I was like, I see how you've ensnared me, but also I don't think I can answer this in any way. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess I'm just going to find a cheap hotel and stay here because I can work from home for radio. Yeah. And I have all my gear here because I've been broadcasting from the Space Coast, as they call it, Space Coast, ghost to ghost. And I can, um, and so I can just do that while I'm here waiting and try and go Friday. So question for you, Brandon, not yeah. the question of the week because okay. that sucks. But question for you, what should I do? Help me weigh this out. What do I do? In Florida. No, like, do I stay in Florida oh, okay, and okay. become like, trash yeah, or yeah. do I get on an airplane and fly home and be a good parent and husband? I, I'm addicted to cocaine now. Uh, <laughs> and fan boats. And fan boats. Which, a, I mean, pro- is, that's mutually exclusive. Like, you can't be into one without being into the other. Hey, what happened to Gregor? Oh, didn't you hear he went pro? Pro what? <laughs> fan boat racing? Also cocaine smuggling? Also cocaine, yeah. Um, look, I think, uh, I think 
your kid is going to go to more school and have a lot more last yeah. days of in school. Your father-in-law is likely going to have more birthdays. Um, your wife has given you the green light. And as long as it's one of those things where, you know, she's not like, I guess you can stay. It's totally fine. No, it's totally great. You know yeah. how sometimes yeah. you are with your partner and your partner is likely with you. Um, yeah. I think that uh, it sounds like, I mean, for me, the question isn't, do I come home and be a good father and husband? And Because that's um, a no. Right. Like It's like, <laughs> if I'm here, I'm not doing that. So there's <laughs> no difference either way. Uh, no, the, the question isn't like, do I stay or not? Like I, I was recently away for about five days on a, on a bike trip. And yeah. um, the whole time I was away, I was feeling guilty, even though my wife was totally fine. So she says, um, and you know, it was only five days. Right. And, but while I was out, I was like, you know, I, I really miss my house and I miss my bed and I miss my family and all of those things. Um, and I wasn't even in Florida. So for, for me, the question would be more about what am I going to do in Florida for the next five days? And would I rather be, uh, doing that than being with my family? Well, it gets complicated because on Wednesday night, my favorite soccer team, the Seattle Sounders FC are in Orlando. (laughs) I mean, okay. Then I think at least you have one night figured out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um i've been eating like total garbage yeah. i've been drinking too many beers yeah and i've been dreaming about seeing a rocket kick my ass with its giant booming rocketiness so i actually i want to ask you about that so based on where you were going to be seeing the rocket launch if this yeah. i mean who knows i mean maybe it gets scrubbed friday too Let's hope not. It's also funny to me. It's uh, sorry. (laughs) It's also funny to me to think that like all the technology we have, all of the like science that goes in behind um, smashing a bunch of Legos together and creating a rocket that's going to go take some people to the moon. Like everything, like it's like a a lightning storm is going to make it so we can't do it anymore. It's like "Mm, it's raining. We're going to cancel the little league game. It's like "Mm, it's raining. We're going to cancel the thing that we spent a billion of dollars on. Um, oh yeah, this thing's like uh, it was originally slated to be like eight billion dollars, and they're at like yeah. twelve now or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's it's like fourteen years late. And like, oh. Yeah, it, it rained a little bit though, so we're gonna try to do this later. I get it; it's like much more complicated than that. You need you need the good weather in order to make it work. Um, I understand that. All that is to say is like when I used to, uh, where I used to live growing up, there was a um, drag racing track, like oh miles NHR NHRA NHRA. Well, I used to go to those to the yeah. races, but even sometimes if I wasn't there, from where I lived, even though it was like probably ten to twelve miles away, was it Pacific? Uh, uh, yeah, SIR uh, oh, or yeah. Pacific Raceways, whatever it's called now. Um, yeah. It's one of one or the other, Seattle International Raceways, whatever. Um, where I lived, like ten to twelve miles away, sometimes they would run those drag races, and you could hear them if you were standing outside from our backyard. Uh, and I can't imagine, like, based on where, how far away you're going to be from the actual launch, uh, how, like, do you have an idea of, like, are you going to need, even that, that distance, are you going to need ear protection? Are you going to need, you know, to put a mouth guard in so you don't rattle your teeth out, your, your well, brand new straight your mouth teeth? Guard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can answer that a little bit. And keep in mind that a hyperbolic, hilarious, mayor type told me the answer to this and he's once again siege this character right? yeah 
He's like, yeah, I got a DM thing, DM thread going on with Brandon that we've been doing for years. And I was like, look at you, cute. Um, Siege told me that from where I would be at Kennedy Space Center, I bought a vis- I bought a pass for launch viewing. And you, um, if you, I didn't know if you spent the extra money, you could go to like sit outside Space. of where the Apollo stuff oh, is, okay. and then you look across the water at the thing. Oh. But where the other viewing areas are, you can't actually see the launch pad. But supposedly, it's loud enough to um, to like wake you up sixty miles away in Orlando if it happened while you were sleeping. And so it's a loud enough thundering boom that rattles on for a while to do that. Where you are at the Space Center is, if you're just with the, in the visitor's area, you're like seven to eight miles away, and it's supposed to be thundering. Um, if you are on Cocoa Beach, which is like just south where all like the surf hotels and all that stuff is, you have a perfect view of the rockets, and you can see it take off, but you're like... 20 miles away or something like wow. that and that's it looks incredible and I, it seems like it would be really cool to be there because it's unobstructed and you're just on the beach hanging out while that happens and there's like little zones roped off because there's sea turtles that have made mm-hmm. their little nests there and if you're there when there's a full moon you can see them hatch and then run out to the ocean and stuff and that sounds awesome so yeah it's um uh, like seed used to send me um he used to send me videos to show to my kid from his parents' house. And when he told me and he showed me these videos and he said it's from his parents' house, I was like, I hit him up when I was found out I was going to go down. And I was like, where should I stay? What about this stuff? And like, well, where, where, do, where do your parents live? And he was like, Miami. And I was like, how far is Miami? He's like, it's a three and a half hour drive. And I was like, you're sending me videos to show my kid of a rocket taking off from three and a half hours away. And he was like, oh yeah, people hear it up in like North Carolina. That's like, insane. Yeah. And so it's a big deal. And like, it's all the buzz and like only the hippest of hipsters think it's annoying or whatever. The whole place is kind of like really supportive of it mm-hmm. because it's a massive industry. And when I guess when shuttle went away, all these like little boutique hotels and stuff down on the space coast, all like they went out of business and stuff. And so we just asked by the hotels. big names. <laughs> <laughs> they actually they fly. It's crazy. They just yeah. didn't come back. They, they're <laughs> on some other planet, Venus or something. Now, That's so. what the uh, that Arctic Monkeys uh, album was about. Yeah, so you yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, I don't, like, I don't feel like I should stay because I'm conflicted. I even told my wife, to your point about, like, are you getting the real story from somebody? I was like, I'm worried that I'll be gone this long and that you'll find out that you are Fine. okay yeah. doing this without yeah. me and then realize just how worthless I am and be like, well, let's just shed this dead weight. She didn't really respond to that. And it's either because I'm being so ridiculous or I'm right. That left me unsettled. But she didn't seem upset that I would be, she gave me her full assurance that this was her idea and that I would not be, she was like, it's day-to-day stuff that you need to focus on because that's minutia and it wears on you. These big lifetime experiences if I tell you to take it, you got to take it. Mm-hmm. And I believe her. Yeah. And I don't, that doesn't feel like a trap. It's, My it's, wife doesn't set traps. For it's the something but. more. No, your, your wife is cool. Uh, it's yeah. something more like, uh, and this is now relationship talk instead of nerd talk. Uh, it's, I don't some, care. <laughs> it's something more like, uh, Hey, being away for five days, isn't going to fix the things that you're bad at every day. So, uh, <laughs> like come back after that five Nailed day trip <laughs> and get better at the things that you need to do better no matter what. Right. Like, uh, 
that's that's uh, a little bit of me projecting onto you <laughs> exactly what's going no, on. No, but but, but I feel like that's uh, kind of the the gist. I've done tons of therapy for this, and I like uh, Lori and I have, and like it's like important that like to understand how these things work because the mom is so responsible at the beginning. No matter how much you split up the work. For in my case, not enough. How much you try to do the parts, mom and baby are just so close in that first year, two years, that it becomes an unfair balance no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for dad to be like, well, mom has to get this, so I'm going to go work more, or I'm going to go ride my bike, or I'm going to go do whatever, karate or whatever in the garage. Go to Orlando. And then after, yeah, and then after a while, mom is frustrated because she always gets stuck doing all the things and dad doesn't necessarily know that he's being a a bunghole so it like becomes a a balance thing what i'm trying to tell everybody is both check in with your partner and don't be afraid to seek out or talk to people about advice for making sure that the mental struggle part of yourself and your relationships is covered and that you're working that muscle too also every single day is like the furthest that any of us have ever been in our lives and so you're always learning and everything is always changing and that's exhausting so you know um with my wife she said something to me today and i knew that like you know there's those moments when like you've been together with someone for so long that it's easier to find the the faults Mm -hmm. it's easier to be like because you there's such a foundation that the foundation just seems this is the thing you have to work on. It's just the foundation just seems you take it not for granted, but it just becomes kind of the norm. You can be more pointed and, with your feedback and uh, ability to help each other grow. <laughs> well, but more so that like I find that a lot of times my wife is pointing out our differences a mm. lot. And I don't like that because we're a good team and we're a good pair. Um, but like when you're constantly just reminding someone of she's not doing this. I'm just trying to set an example. But when you're constantly being reminded of why you're not the same, then it's easy to be like, are we too different? Or is there like, is this a problem or what is this? Um, but to my point, I was like, it'll be just my luck that I go down to this thing and this rocket will start to take off and then it'll explode and I'll get like a rocket chunk through the face and I'll survive. And then I'll be like a rocket chunk face guy or whatever. Right. (laughs) And that would be terrible for anyone that's involved by that or anyone who has been affected by rocket chunks to the face in the past. Right. Um, And then uh, I just am thinking that to myself, maybe a little more graphically than that. I think you can fill in the blanks there, Brandon. But, um, and she texts me to be like, I was like, there's a problem with, engine three and like it's not they're not going to be able to launch today and she goes wow maybe you'll see the biggest rocket explosion of all time and i was like see you see we're both on the same it's, we both our brains both went to the same place and yeah. that's like a moment that you share with someone yeah. be like yeah. you're pretty cool yeah so anyway so at least you're uh, both i told you that rocket chunk to your face <laughs> yeah so maybe um I, i'm hoping that like actually one of the bells lands and it just perfectly goes over me and then i'm like hello <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, just trapped in the rocket bell for a while. Yeah, and someone comes and gets it. It's probably like yeah. either freezing cold or red hot. I don't know which one. Now Maybe I become some sort of mutant. We talked a lot about space and marriages, um, which go hand in hand. Uh, but Obviously. I want to I want to talk about uh, something because it is in in a way related. Uh, because oh. we're sitting here talking about. Uh, incredible things that humans have achieved like going to orlando i mean space um and going to the the moon and all of the scientific stuff and 
and to think that at one point we may have been um, non-anus having pink minions. Okay. I, I read a headline today, uh, and this is published in The Nerdist uh, last week on August 23rd. They say, uh, the headline caught my attention because it says, this spiky creature with no anus isn't our ancestor after all. So, uh, I <laughs> guess... Is it like a tardigrade, or it looks <laughs> wacky? There's this, like, uh, it's a tiny sack-like creature that lived 500 million years ago, and there was a while, about five years ago, where they thought that this thing could have been an early ancestor for all vertebrates. And now, if you look at the pictures of this thing, it looks like the worst Pokemon. Like, if somebody had been like, let's make a Pokemon, right. but, like, let's make it look like a butthole and give it spikes. Um <laughs> But in, instead, it's funny so, that we had like the different reactions to that because for me it looks like something that, um, like a little prickly pink hamster, not designed. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It kind of looks like what's the um, like a potato. <laughs> yeah, no, what's the the cre- the David Bowie creature from Pan's Labyrinth that has like the, yeah. the eyes in the hand, like the mouth kind of looks like that, but then yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this thing it it looks absolutely terrible and thankfully um for our astronauts as well as our wives and us uh these things did not apparently predate uh our species and now you might be thinking uh so first of all this thing only has one mouth uh it doesn't have an anus there's only one orifice on it um and it, so the scientists uh who about <laughs> researched whether this thing exactly i mean kind of uh basically said this thing likely crapped out of its mouth hole uh which might make you think wait a second maybe brandon and gregor are their descendants uh and first of all how dare you <laughs> uh zing yeah uh uh, All right. A- anyway, that's uh, that's the sciencey thing that I read this week uh, to cap off a, a great conversation about space. Cool. Well, I would like to get to other stuff that we could be Airbnbing, but we can save that for a later time. Um, in this case, it was swimming pools, but uh, astronaut hotels apparently. <laughs> well, that brings us to the conclusion of the program, and maybe it's time to reflect back on. I don't know, some stuff that we learned this week. It's a very heady show, so let's call it What Do We Learn This Week? Uh, Gregor, what did you learn this week? Boy, I learned that when you invest a lot of money to go somewhere, it's very disappointing when the thing doesn't turn out, <laughs> even if you knew it might not. <laughs> Brandon, did you learn? what did you learn this week? To be, to be completely uh, uh, sincere for a second, I feel like I actually did learn quite a bit about... Um, the space program uh, specifically that our top our top scientists at nasa are basically just playing uh big boy legos and putting all the spaceships together to make a, a new one it's wild you should watch the rise of the rockets on nova on pbs they really do a great job of describing all the different ways these are coming together they had to create a specially designed weld tool just to make the tanks to hold the fuels for the sls rocket for artemis it's very exciting did you know that um sometimes so there's a uh i'm a person that's prone to getting uh, canker sores in my mouth and one of the things that the dentist told me to to do was to get this thing called uh toothpaste without sls in it and now yeah. i'm only going to be able to which is a type of uh, chemical that makes the, the toothpaste foam more. Uh, it yeah, worked. Terrible. It worked by switching away from that, by the way. If you're a person that gets sneakers worse, don't get toothpaste with that crap in it. Um, but now all I'm going to think about is a massive Lego rocket that goes to space. 
and about if you were a pink stuff, how you brush your teeth and then poop out your mouth. <laughs> What's the point of brushing my teeth at this point? Nerd talk, nerd talk, talking about nerd talk, yeah! All right, well, Nerd Talk Plus coming back to you live next week on the Odyssey app, 10 a.m. on Tuesdays, or available for download wherever you get them. I also suggest the Odyssey app, but uh, give us a download, a subscription, a listen, and we appreciate you for all of it. It gives us a chance to be real ridiculous. And sorry that I said the word siege so many <laughs> times this week. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, listen to the uh, cloaca that comes out of our mouth every week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.